And what is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam Solo for the first half of this show. Going to be joined with Bobby and Matt later to go around the league, talk about a huge Jet and a huge Giant game this weekend. But I wanted to first start with a little bit on the Yankees. They signed Carlos Rodon. They round out there what I think is an amazing rotation. Cole, Rodon, Nestor, Sevi, Montas, and... I think if you looked at this last trade deadline that the Yankees had where they got Montas, and yes, listen, Yankee fans, I get it. Like, I I get Montas was, the season was a little bit of a disappointment. Montas was definitely a little bit of a disappointment. He was slotted to be our game two starter in the playoffs, and at the end of the playoffs, he was not even on the roster. So, with that being said, to have him as a fifth starter with upside, I, I think I like that spot. I mean, would it be crazy to see him go back to his Oakland A's form? No, and if you can get that... You can make the argument that if everyone else pitches to what they should, uh, then you can have probably one of the best, if not the best, rotation in baseball. Getting back to Rodon, he's a stud, okay? I love his delivery. If you're a Yankee fan and you love, like, guys with fire, like uh, Luis Severino or anyone that really kind of plays with a passion, you're going to like Carlos Rodon. And I think after I tell you some of these numbers about Carlos Rodon, you might like him even more. Carlos Rodon at Yankee Stadium in his career. Four games started, 3-0, ERA, 24 strikeouts in 25 innings. So that's an absolute solid stat line right there. And then even better, more appealing to Yankee fans, Carlos Rodon against the Astros in his career. Seven games started, 2-0, 1.55 ERA, 44 strikeouts in 46 and a third innings pitched. Look, there were so many people calling for... I mean, I was personally at the Paul O'Neill game where Hal Steinbrenner got booed until... I Literally, if there was a spot where someone could replace themselves in time, I think Hal Steinbrenner would have chosen himself to be replaced with a clone in that moment there because uh, it was, to be honest, a little bit awkward when I was there. But I think a lot of that was just the fact that Yankee fans weren't happy in the moment with how the team was playing, but... I think there's some built-up animosity behind Hal and, I guess, the Yankees' front office that I guess just isn't... Like, how do you say that? You sign Rodon, you give Judge the biggest contract in MLB history. I mean, they're spending money. They're they're Every year, they're one, two, three in amount of money. I mean, they don't have Steve Cohen as their owner. But, look, this could be my Yankee bias. I think the Yankees had a much better offseason than the Mets. I'll say it. Um, and a lot, a lot of people might disagree with me. I mean, obviously, Verlander's probably better than Rodon, but I think the Mets have some question marks. Again, we McFeely and I spoke about this on our last pod, but I thought Nimmo got a little bit too much money than he, uh, I guess he plays to. I don't know. It's neither here nor there, but, and then, I mean, the Mets, I still think Verlander's a little bit of a risk for them, but I digress. Let's stick to the Yankees for a little bit because there's definitely some questions that are still up in the air about this team. So I think the first question that is probably the biggest is, you spent all this money, but then you also have some bad contracts on your team. Like, Aaron Hicks is a bad contract, right? He's He can't get on the field. Uh, he's only making, I think, like $10 million for the next, like, three years each year. But but you don't you don't even want to put him on your roster at this point. Like, if he's, a, if he's your sixth outfielder in an organization and he can go back and forth to the minor leagues, sure. But Aaron Hicks is, like, a distinguished veteran in this league. He's not going to go play in the minors. He's going to... He's not going to accept those options. So they're, I think they're, the next move is going to be something along the lines of an Aaron Hicks 
plus 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 whether that's like uh, Aaron Hicks plus a uh, Peraza or a Volpe um, I could see that going that being a route that they go to maybe bring in a left fielder or an outfielder or maybe even like a just another middle infielder I mean again there's a couple of names that I wanted to bring up because they uh, I thought they there's been some intrigue about them right so uh, I've seen rumors earlier this week that the Yankees were in on some of the Diamondbacks players um, I know they had spoken in the past few years back, actually, they were in on Cattell Marte, who is like an all-star caliber player who actually would be quite intriguing for the Yankees. I believe he's a switch hitter, plays the outfield, he's fast, and I think he plays second base too, which is very intriguing because with DJ LeMay, who's out for the first you know month or two of the season, and then you know let's say he gets you know an IL stint or two throughout the season, you're going to need a little bit of insurance there at second base. Uh, you know, you have Glaber, yeah, but I feel like they might even. They might even try and flip Glaber. There was a lot of talks. I don't know how viable it is now because they got Rodon, but there were a lot of talks during the trade deadline about a deal between the Miami Marlins and the Yankees where Glaber Torres would go there, plus, 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 Pablo Lopez would come here, their second starter behind Alcantara, plus, 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 maybe. I don't know if they'd re-engage that with now with their rotation seemingly set, but um, maybe, hey, I think left field is going to be a huge a huge question mark. So if you can get a guy that, like, let me put it this way. Oswaldo Cabrera is nice, and, like, I love, I really love the way he plays, and I think he's going to be a really, really good utility player for a long time in this league. But, like, if you're trying to win a World Series and you're in a position where the Yankees are, go get yourself a left fielder. Like, really. I mean, I, I'm of the team that I think Stan should play there more, and I, it's like a strange kind of strange way that they, like, handle things with Stan, but um, they miss out on Benintendi. He goes to the White Sox. Uh, that was a miss, but, hey, like, the Yankees spent a lot of money, right? Like, I, you can't just spend money everywhere, right? It's We see Steve Cohen doing it, but, I mean, the Mets still have holes, too. Third base, uh, who, who knows what they're going to do at third base. Um, they definitely need another DH and probably another catcher. Um, again, I keep going back to the Mets. I don't know why that keeps happening, but I'm just trying to tie everything in, you know? So... As for the Yankees, some more names. Another Diamondback I really like the idea of, Dalton Varsho. Young kid. He's actually an outfielder and a catcher, which I think the Yankees could find very uh, appealing because let me present this to you. On the days that Giancarlo Stanton is DHing, he plays left field. And then the only time Stanton plays left field is when they need to give Trevino a break behind the plate and Varsho moves to behind the plate. And I think that's a huge plus. Varsho's a young kid who is has been coming into his own of late in Arizona, but I think all all the rumors have pointed to the fact that they would be open to trading him for the right deal, and I really like that idea for them. I think it kind of helps that uh, he can play two positions, and I think one thing I've started to notice with the Yankees is I think they're starting to value guys who are versatile, whether that's, you know, can play all three outfield positions or play multiple infield positions uh, a lot more than in the past, so I, I think that's going to be something to watch out. Those are two guys I, I've I heard rumors about from the Diamondbacks. Uh, otherwise, Max Kepler, which I've kind of been in and out on. I mean, the Twins are the Twins are like a breeding ground for the Yankees at this point. They just like you know people play for the Twins to play for the Yankees. As sick as that is, we own them. I get it, but um, I digress. Uh, but Max Kepler would be nice. I I just be curious what the price tag would be. I feel like the Twins are a lot higher on him than his actual value is on the trade market. So uh, he would be nice. The only problem with him is he's going to be like another one of those guys who's going to hit like 230, 240 max. Like, yeah, he's got some pop, play the outfield a little bit. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's like a backup option to them. Uh, a couple of things about I, I had mentioned that, you know, no news on Ben Attendee. Ben, 
was was not good news, I thought, for the Yankees, and that boded, I guess, not well for the Yankees and him signing with the White Sox. Um, there was rumors about a Brian Reynolds trade from Pittsburgh that I, I haven't heard much from it otherwise, but I wouldn't be stunned if that came out, you know, this week where the Yankees submitted a final offer and they accepted. I mean, like, what are the – McFeely and I spoke about this on our last pod, but, like, the Pirates are literally auditioning for the bigger team. So uh, if, they give, if they see a deal that the Yankees can offer them and Brian Reynolds can come to the Yankees – can also another guy that can play the outfield and I believe a little bit of the middle infield as well. Uh, that's perfect. And I think that there's a theme here that the Yankees are kind of realizing that uh, that I think they're trying to look for like a player archetype. A guy, again, a guy that can play multiple positions. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to try and see find another backup catcher. I guess they're going to have to. Um, but as far as the bullpen, I mean, they got Canely. Uh, I think they're just going to go, you know, bullpen by committee. I'm going to take a guess that Clay Holmes gets the – gets the first nod as at the true closer role, um, which, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Personally, I think Jonathan Loisaga is uh, by far the most effective pitcher. I actually saw an article this week about, I forget who it was, another uh, a former, uh, not a former baseball player, another baseball player, another team was saying that the hardest guy to hit on the Yankees was Jonathan Loisaga, or he might have even said the whole league. But And I kind of agree. I mean, I just watched his stuff, and it's electric, and I think he has closer stuff, so – um, definitely look for that. I think, I don't know how much they would add on the bullpen. Maybe if they come across like a steal, um, one guy that I thought might be interesting for the Yankees or actually two guys kind of like in similar roles where I guess, well, one guy, Nathan, Nathan I had brought up previously because before they got, you know, finalized the deal with Rodone, but, um, I thought Evaldi would be great. Has pitched in the NL East his whole career. He's a Yankee killer. And one thing about me, I want to acquire Yankee killers. Give me all the Yankee killers ever. Uh, that's why I wanted Benintendi. Benintendi was a Yankee killer. There was rumors about Devers to the Yankees. Bring me Devers. He's a Yankee killer. So if you acquire Yankee killers, you can't be killed. So him won Evaldi. I don't know how viable that is with Rodone. Maybe they stick him in like a swingman bullpen role. Who knows? We'll see. Um, it's always nice to have extra starters, I think. Uh, but I think the Yankees like Domingo and like some of their young kids. Uh, Luis Heal, I believe, is going to be another guy to watch. You know, his his health and progress. I think he had a down year. Davey Garcia, we'll see how, what experiments those lend to. Um, but another guy kind of tied into New York, Michael Conforto. Like, if you can get him on a deal, like, he, look, he swung and miss on his own contract, right? The exact opposite of Aaron Judge, really. I mean, he gambled on himself, declined, you know, multi-year deals, and now he's kind of sitting home with his feet up. And quite honestly, I think he's a better player than that. And you know, there's there's guys that do that and based off talent. I don't know if I don't know if Michael Conforto is that. And if the Yankees can, you know, bring him in, play, you know, split that left field spot with Stan and, you know, uh just we know he can play in New York, that's not a question, and that's always a big thing with free agents. Um I I, I think I like it, you know, for the right price. It will give me a one year Conforto deal. Uh, very low risk, high reward, I guess. I mean Conforto at his highest could be like a borderline all-star, I think. Um, I'm not saying he is or he ever will be, but, you know, he definitely has that ceiling, and we've definitely seen him play to a, a somewhat higher level of football. Football. If uh, if he's playing football, uh, then there's going to be big concerns. But uh, I hope he could be playing left field for the Yankees. So um, I guess I have football in my mind. I just wanted to let a couple notes out about the Yankees. Um, so without further ado, the transition god. We're going to go right over to football as I'm joined by Nostradamus, Maddie Nostradamus, and our friend Bobby. So please enjoy the scheduled programming. All right, guys. So look, the elephant in the room, the New York Jets. 
They sit at seven and six. They have their former starter now once third string when not dressing, then back up, now forced to play starting quarterback in Zach Wilson starting. And my question that I'm going to leave this off with, it's a they're going against the Lions, but on a scale of one to ten, how big is this game for the Jets? Not only this year, but now that Zach Wilson is starting, how much more of an emphasis does this game have on the entire Jets uh, season as a whole? Well, I think, Sam, if you look at the schedule going forward, you want to like play tiebreakers and stuff like that. You look at this game with the Lions and you say, this may be like the one they can really afford to lose as a team. But if you look at it just from Zach Wilson's perspective, I really feel like he's playing for his career and his job this week. So do you think that – let me let me ask you this. So Zach Wilson goes out there and lights it up. We have a conundrum on our hands, I believe. And I, I, think, I, think the, I think the Jets, before they were called the Jets, I think their B name was the, the New York Conundrums because it seems like when things go well, there's just always something, whether it's the coach, the coach saying something, someone on the team, you know, not playing. Everything's going so well for the Jets, and then Elijah Moore is sitting out. And then everything seems to be going pretty well for the Jets quarterback situation, and Mike White's holding his ribs together on the field. So looking at this game, Zach Wilson, let me – I ask you two things. Where is your confidence level in this game with Mike White starting? And now where is your confidence level? Now that Mike White is deemed unable to play, um, I don't think he's going to dress, obviously. Um, but now that Zach Wilson's starting, give me your – what's the difference in your confidence level? Forget Vegas, what they say. Honestly, I was a little nervous with Mike White coming into this week to begin with just because I honestly thought there was no way he would have been healthy after the shots he took against Buffalo. But now that we have – Zach has been taking the first team reps all week. Mike White hasn't practiced. So, not that I – obviously, we had a lot more competent quarterback play with Mike White and just making the simple things look simple. But I have at least a little bit of faith in Zach left. But like I said, if he comes out and shits the bed, what do we have going forward with him? I really don't think we have anything. It's Especially – it's a and we have case. a short week with the Jaguars coming up. And I was I was just talking about this yesterday because it's a case where uh, sometimes two halves don't make a hole in the NFL. If you have two quarterbacks who, you know, one does this well, one does the other well, you don't have any quarterbacks, right? It's a classic statement. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Um, and But the Jets might not have any. Like, it's, it's really like the jury's still out on them. But I think – and replacement, Matt, I'm going to ask you this because – what do you feel like – I've heard people say, you know, well, it doesn't matter Zach Wilson's quarterback because the defense was going to win this game anyway. What do you have to say about that? It's tough to say the defense is going to win the game when they're playing the hottest offense in football with the Lions. I believe the defense could stop them, but if Zach goes out there and puts a performance like he did against the Patriots last time he started, there's no shot they win this game. He's pl- And he is playing for his career. That's That's where my confidence comes from. If this guy has any heart – or any love for football, he has to realize that this could be his career this game. And and I think the Jets probably realized that too in like, not necessarily like worried for his career, but like almost like covering their ass. Because like if you if you do this whole, you know, this whole show of like, yeah, we're going to bench Zach because he's not ready. And then you, you talk him up and, you know, all solid saying that he's going to play. He's going to play. We, we see him in our future. 
And then after all this, you know, quote unquote development he's been doing in practice or whatever. And now he comes back and he looks like shit. What, what happens then? Like, is that like, how is, is the emphasis, is this a bigger game for the Jets or a bigger game for Zach Wilson? Like I said in the open, I think it's way bigger for Zach Wilson because if you if you want to play like the tiebreaker game, you want to beat the AFC teams. I think the Jets, realistically, to make the playoffs, have to go at least 3-1, and one, and that one can only come to either the Seahawks or the Lions just based on AFC playoff implications. I, I do have the, the odds for, for they win this game, they lose that game. If the Jets go, so they, they'd finish 10-7 and seven at 3-1, and one, right? Yes. Yes. At ten and seven, they would be ninety six percent, ninety five percent, ninety percent, and then sixty percent to make the playoffs. And the sixty percent is losing to the Dolphins and winning the last three. That's the biggest one. Yeah. Well, I've and I've said this for a long time, at looking forward into the schedule. But there's, I think the the worrisome games are are definitely this one and the next. I think the Seahawks have proven that they're beatable. I but, agree. And I think that the Jaguars are obviously beatable as well, but. Just like, I, I don't know, Jets are a young team on a short week. I know the Jaguars are too, but I don't know. It's short week Jets always scares me. And I, I don't want to look too much ahead, but we mentioned the Dolphins game. It's very possible that the Dolphins could might have nothing to play for on that last game. I mean, honestly, them losing two in a row, thank you, Bobby, uh, is not Stand helping. Bag. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thanks for that one. But uh, them them being in this, like, if they win, if they went 2-0, and we can easily look at that last game and say we're probably playing the Dolphins backup because they might have already clinched if they won the last two games. Well, if you if you go ahead and just say the Dolphins lose tonight against the Bills, then it the Jets would control their own destiny when going head to head with the Dolphins because all they would have to do is win that Week 17 game and take care of business and go like two and one before that. And you know what I hate? I hate. I think I think this is like a new hatred of mine. The phrase uh, "we control our own destiny" is like the worst thing ever because, like, yeah, you got to win, you got to beat who's in front of you. But dude, if are the how much are the Giants controlling their own destiny when the Jets can beat the Lions and beat the Seahawks and vastly help the Jet, the Giants? Is that really controlling their own yeah. destiny? You know what I mean? You want, just a just a total aside, but you want to know when the Jets controlled their own destiny when they went up to Buffalo and all they had to do was win the game. Yeah, and I think that this is. You could argue this is the biggest game the Jets have had since then. Which, going back to what you said, is this bigger for Zach Wilson or is this bigger for the Jets? I think on a on a macro level, it's bigger for Zach Wilson. But on a micro level, this this could be the Jets' season. And so now let, let's let's get into this this exact game, right? Let, let's not get ahead of ourselves because quite I think there's it's it's pretty obvious to say that if the Jets win this game. They're in a lot better shape than if they lose this game. And I say this every week, but there's a huge difference between 8-6 and six and 7-7. Seven seven. Um, so, but for this game specifically, we said the Lions are hot. They have it. We know they have an amazing offense. McPhilly and I talk them up almost every week about how talented they are. But for the Jets' defense, it's almost like I, it's they're at a point where they're matchup-proof. Like, you know, they, they're going to play. You can, give, you can throw them the, the most talented offenses, and I think they can hang with all of them. I would say that I don't know if Quinn Williams is playing. Yeah, that's that's a that's going to be a big thing. The X factor. Yeah, and I I think that the an understated part about this Lions team is their running game with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. So I think they might be able to capitalize on that if Quinn doesn't play. 
You know what else is a big loss, too, and I thought really affected the last game? Corey Davis is out, and I thought he was, like, yeah. I've, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's an elite receiver at all, but, like, he's a big body. He's the, Like, he's a guy that's there for, you know, a guy like Zach Wilson, who's I've proven to be not the most accurate passer. You get a big body like that, and that's, you know, that just covers a lot of, you probably ask Eli Manning who his favorite receiver is, probably Plaxico Burris, because he's just, like, the biggest receiver he's ever thrown to. It's, like, a, it's a thing. So, I don't know. I mean, the, the Lions are definitely um, – they're in the hunt all of a sudden. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Everyone wrote them off, but I saw Dan Campbell's uh, Coach of the Year odds skyrocketed this week or something. Um, and, I mean, they're, they're rolling, but I don't know. I'm, I'm of the, the camp that if you, if you run the ball well and play good defense, which the Jets have done in the past couple games, albeit in losing efforts, but my whole stance in the last couple games is that they just lost to better teams. And I think that roster-wise, coaching staff-wise, shit, I'll even say, I, I think Jared Goff has played well, but I think he's playing over his head. I think the Jets just have a better roster than the Lions. I think they're a better team, and the Jets are at home. So uh, I don't want to fast-forward to our pick here, but I think I think on an even money, which it probably is going to get to, I think it's like minus one now, I'm going to take the Jets. Just I just think they're a better team. Are we doing picks? You want to do picks? I'll do picks. Might as well take picks. I got say you. I got Lions twenty four sixteen. Wow, this that's not, a, that's not bad. It, not bad, but like, I think Bobby's becoming the king of the gutless prediction. <laughs> gutless, just just a little bit. Twenty reverse so you psychology. Said, what was it twenty four sixteen? Oh, so you're going your uh, your reverse dolphin psychology? Yeah, Is that what you're yes. doing? All yeah. right, okay, I can respect that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna Matt, put all yeah. my eggs in the Zach Wilson basket. Oh God, you're gonna be eggless. I'm going to be eggless. <laughs> you might be eggless. I haven't. I, you know what? I have no eggs for the rest of the season after this. Jets win 35-17 in a round. Defense shows up. Quinn in plays. Zach doesn't do that great, but the, the running game is awesome. That's that's quite specific and bold, but I, I, don't, I don't hate it. I want them um, to shut everybody up, and I need it to happen because I can't listen to any sports radio this week if the Jets lose. Oh my God! It's gonna be atrocious. It's gonna be horrible. So, be... so you say you put all your eggs in Zach Wilson's basket. I say you have to crack a few eggs to make an omelet, and I think the eggs crack this week, and I think the Jets, the Jets might get might get trounced this week. Now, I if, just think so. If that does come to pass, mass prediction: they win thirty-five seventeen. Zach throws for a buck seventy, but they play well. He's still starting. Mike White's good to go Thursday. You still play Zach? I think Zach still plays. I don't play Zach, but I think he still plays. I think Zach has to have an exceptional game to start Thursday. I, think, I agree with Sam. I think he could have an average game, and they'll keep him. But it's so weird because, like, like Salah, like, he keeps saying, like, it's almost, like, a hard to, it's, like, half coach speak, but also half, like, you got to yeah. trust in your guy. Like, why he keeps saying that, or before the Mike White injury, why he kept saying Zach's going to play again, Zach's going to play again, Zach's going to play again. Here's their opportunity to, to put their eggs back in the Zach Wilson basket. Yeah, but how do you get up from a loss, a bad Zach Wilson loss? No, if they lose this game, I think Mike Way. No, yeah. Thursday plays. Okay, but if so they win 35-17, then Zach does, like, nothing, but they still win. I think he plays Thursday, yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I See, I just, like, I, I don't think that – I think they see Zach Wilson now as more of a project than an immediate – and I think that, you know, how do you, if the reason you bench him is because, you know, the defense and the rest of the team is so far ahead. And even if they – see, I'll even say this. Even if they win and Zach Wilson – they feel like Zach Wilson could have played better, I still think they'd start Mike White. 
I think they wanted they Mike White to play this week, and I think that that wouldn't change going into Thursday if Zach doesn't really impress. Yeah, well, I mean, but that, that's the thing. If Matt's – you're right in saying that. If Matt's right and he goes out and shows out against the Lions, I think he'll, he might play Thursday as well, but I think there's a really slim probability that that happens. Like, you know, even in the games that Zach Wilson has won this year, he hasn't, you know, quote-unquote, showed out. Not, not How many games does he have over? Does he have a game over 300 yards passing? No. Yeah, but he threw. No. That was the Patriot game, I believe. He's oh, where he threw three interceptions. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, like, I I, I don't know the, the Jets. I I have a I just have a strong like I think that personally I don't like to bet when teams have like when there's smoke there's fire. I'm a big believer in that, and I think that like you know the way that this team rallies around mike white or rallied around mike white i'm not saying that they're not going to be able to like get up for this game but like i think in the back of their minds it's like you got to as a player on this team your psych has to be a little like messed up with this whole quarterback situation just like the in a little the slightest bit Elijah Moore's going to ask for a trade next week <laughs> yeah he's he might sit out this week so like i don't know to me i think i think the, one of the first things you said bobby was that if there's a game to lose this is like the one you could lose and get up from but i, I don't three know three in a row is rough yeah, that, that, that's, that's the rough spot you put yourself it's like you you should win you should go out and win every game or try and win every game obviously but like yeah you're right you put yourself in a in a tough spot and i think that it only gets tougher in the fact that you know not only is the record the only thing like on a normal team you know, no quarterback controversy, quote unquote. It's tough to do three in a row, but you, then you add on that with the quarterback. You know, you don't even know who your quarterback is in four days. Like, you know, just imagine being a player in the locker room after the Jets. Yeah. You know, going into this Jet game and saying like, you know, like, damn, like, I don't even know who my quarterback's going to be on Thursday. I think a win this week will go a long way in putting the two losses previous in the rear view because you can win this week get back to eight and six, get back on track and say, hey, we lost to the two of the top seeds in their respective conference. That's an easy thing to get to get past, in my opinion. You know, so now, you know what's super concerning looking at these these playoff odds is the Jets could win the next three and lose to the Dolphins, and they'd only have a 60% chance. The Dolphins is the big one. Ten and seven, 60% chance of making the playoffs. So now you're – so this might be a silly question, and I think tonight the, this Bills game – the line on the Bills game tonight's uh, seven. Bills are giving seven at home, which I think is pretty pretty right. But like, is it crazy to say that? Uh, do you? I know the Jets beat the Bills prior, right? And they played well against them. Are you still more like scared of playing the Bills than you are the Dolphins as a Jet fan? Uh, depends on where. Like, I don't really. If the let's say in MetLife for our in MetLife. I'm probably still more afraid of the Bills just because, like I said, Tua forgot how to play football in these past few weeks. So if, they, if they're if they able to right the ship, I'd probably say I'd be more afraid of the Dolphins. But because if I think the Jets really have the Bills number and they really would not want to see the Jets in the playoffs. I agree. I don't think the Bills would want to see the Jets in the playoffs, but I'm I'm more scared of the elite quarterback over the, the whatever Tua is quarterback 10 out of 10 times. So what about uh what about everyone's favorite Mike McDaniel? You guys you guys Mike McDaniel fans? Love him. I love Mike McDaniel. Mike I McDaniel. hate that I actually kind of like him. I no, it really bothers that's, me. That's your you got jet glasses on with that one. Yeah. But I I think he's he's great, I think. And I mean, let let's uh, did you guys have anything else to say before we get to around the league? Anything else you want uh, to nah. add? No, nah, I think I'm good. Goes out. All right. So let's go let's go right to around the league. 
let's talk about this game tonight. Quite frankly, the other two games, probably not even get this podcast up in time. So let's just get right into this Dolphins-Bills game because I, I don't know about you guys. Don't really care about these other two games too, too much. Um, so Dolphins at Bills. Bills giving seven. Um, I think it's I think it's justified, but like I feel like the Dolphins are I, again. I love Mike McDaniel. I love this. I like the, the makeup of this team. I think it, a lot of this they're putting a lot of this on to his shoulders, which I'm not like the craziest about if I was a Dolphins fan. But I think I'm going to lay the points with the Bills here. I agree with you, Sam. I don't really, especially with the weather, I don't foresee a, a way that the Dolphins can really get up on this one. I think the Bills are going to go by in a blowout. If I had to pick, I'd play the seven. But what I really love is that over-under. Because these are two big-time offenses, and I am not scared of the weather. Well, so now this is funny. I was actually – someone asked me about that yesterday, about, like, in a fantasy turn, like, would you start – would you still start Josh Allen given the weather? And I said, yeah, because, you know, if you look at the way Josh Allen plays, he fantasy-wise, he's going to get – he can give you 20 points with just his legs. But yeah. – and I, I know in the past, Bobby, you and I have spoke about Josh Allen and how, like – you know, the pocket breaks down. You think the play's over, and those third and sevens, and all of a sudden he's eight yards down the field, the first down. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that's you just can't. There's no defense for that. He's yeah, an indefensible player. McPhilly referenced it on the last pod. Right, uh, I'm talking about the the Jet Bill game when he just takes off, and you say, "Oh, well, this is a first down," and then he keeps going, and then you say, "Well, this is a touchdown." Yeah, there's another. There's a 15 yard gain that we thought was a 10 yard sack. Yeah, I mean it's. He's, he's unbelievable. So, like, Matt, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't know if I would take the over just because, like, I – What's I that right now? 44. That's, there's a, they believe that weather's going to be bad, I think. I think that – I mean, we're going to have to see, but – I think I it's more – I don't have the forecast in front of me, but – I think I, – I know it was snowing yesterday. I don't know if there's snow in the forecast, forecast for tonight. I, obviously, it's going to be cold, Buffalo in December, but – um. I think it's more not believing that Tua can play in a cold weather situation. I was gonna say I don't even know if Tua's ever played in a cold weather game as well. Yeah, yeah he, I mean Bama. Yeah, he, I, he said he said some fraud, fraudulent stuff. Oh, it snows in Alabama sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, see, like I like the Dolphins. I think they're like kind of funny. Like well, you McDan- see Mike McDaniel's shirt. Yeah, the shirt. I was just gonna say. Yeah, I wish. What did it say? I wish it was colder or I something like that. Yeah, yeah, and he wore long sleeves underneath. I, yeah, that, I, he's great. Um, so are, so are we all on the Bills officially? Yeah. We had to pick? Yes. All on the Bills there. We'll go to the next game. Uh, Eagles, the 12-1 and Eagles, who look like world beaters right now, head to Chicago to play, I believe, Justin Fields-led uh, Bears. I think he's playing. I think he had an illness earlier this week. But the Ooh, Eagles man. are giving eight on the eight on the road right here to the 3-10 and 10 Bears. I mean, how do you not pick it's the Eagles? Fishy. It's fishy. Only eight? I, Matt, Bobby, what do you think? I kind of like the Bears with the points, but I don't think that they'll be able to win the game. So, but like, you're, Matt, you're right. It is so fishy. It, it's fishy enough where I would, with you get that that eight with the touch or with the uh, extra point after the touchdown. Um, I would take the Bears. And it, you know, it's it's almost fishy enough to be my sniff of the week. I like it. Plus three hundred on the Bears money line. You got the total on that game. Uh, 48 and a half, which is, seems a little high, but like, mm, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm taking, I'm, the sniff of the week is the Bears money line. I said it. There. Lock I'm it out. In. I said it. Lock, I'm locking it in. Second game of the day. The, everything's out on the table right now. We're going to go through the rest of these picks with me having picked the Bears as my sniff of the week. Here's my thing. 
I love Justin Fields, and just like we said about Josh Allen, he's an, I think he's an indefensible player right now. I really do. He, you know, just like you said about Josh Allen scrambling and, you know, oh, wow, third and seven, he's got it. Oh, shit, it's a touchdown. I mean, you watch Justin Fields, and it's I see a lot of, like, I see star potential, and I think that this could be a career-defining game for Justin Fields. Like, I know the Bears are out 3-10. and 10, It's really a meaningless game, but, like, you know, put up or shut up in the NFL, really. Like, don't don't lay down for the Eagles. Like, if you're the Bears, you want to be the you want to be the reasons that the Eagles start to sweat at the end of the year. I think, right? Isn't that like the motivation? I, I you know I'm I'm a big hungrier dog kind of guy, but like you know the Eagles definitely have the Cowboys on their tail. But I don't know. I think you know home team here, Justin Fields. I think the Bears will be up for this game. It seems like it's just a classic like tough game to me. Give me the Bears in the money line there. Um, what is the money line? Three hundred. I, I think it's on it. Yeah, it's the Christmas bonus play of the week. Uh, next game, we're gonna head to New Orleans, where the this is a nothing game. This is this might be the the won't put on for a second game of the week. Uh, Falcons head to the Saints. The Saints are giving four. I don't know how to feel about the Saints. Like they're like I like the coaching staff. I, you know, Alvin Kamara is good. Their defense is underperforming. I mean, they're definitely not even in it. Any, I mean, I guess they technically are not mathematically eliminated. But not really. Yeah, like not, not, not really is right. I, I mean, they're giving four. You give three at home. Are they a point better than, oh, sorry, another thing. Uh, Desmond Ritter starting for the, um, the Falcons, his first start. So, I mean, if you're a believer in, you know, rookie quarterbacks against veteran head coach thing, um, I, I think I like the Saints here. Bob's gone. Yeah, Bob's a goner, but uh, he'll be back. It's, it's okay. Well, uh, give me your pick on this game. What do you no, think? I like, I like the Saints, too. I, I completely forgot this was Ritter's first start. Um, four points seems thin for that. But if, if I had to pick, which I, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole, I would pick the Saints, but I would not be surprised if the won this game. But, like, you think – I mean, think about it, though. You think Desmond Ritter going into New Orleans – and beating and beating the Saints in his NFL debut, I, I like. I just don't think that's too likely. I think I really like. I really like the Saints. As a matter of fact, it, no, it's not likely. But it's one of those situations where it's like this guy went into New Orleans in his first start and won the game. And they, this is all hypothetical. Think he plays great the rest of the the year. And when the Falcons had a chance to draft quarterback in the upcoming draft. They have a decision to make now. I can just see one of those kind of situations playing out like it's played out many times before. Okay. I, 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 I see it there. So let's, let's head over to the next game, another kind of shit game, to be honest. Steelers at Panthers. Panthers giving three. I mean, this is a push. These Both these teams suck. The Panthers played pretty well last week against the Cowboys. Um, I think the Cowboys just kind of like overlooked that game, to be honest. But uh, give me Mike Tomlin here. Uh, I You know, this is a pick em to me. Like, I know the plus three... I'll take the three points with the Steelers for sure. It's, uh, I, I don't know. What do you think about this game? I don't really have much to say about this. I would agree 100%. And, you know, it's interesting. I saw reports this week that uh, Mike Tomlin has links within the Panthers organization and that a trade could be possible, a head coach trade, which I don't think has happened since the uh, Wait, 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 wait. Like to the Panthers? Yeah. I don't know if you knew that, that John Gruden got traded to the to the Bucks back in the day. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I used to be a huge Gruden guy. Yeah, you used to be. I used to, until uh, <laughs> he had his, his scandal. But um, but no, I had to agree. Uh, Tomlin versus the Panthers. I, you you've brought it up many times. The the whole uh, what is he? He's never been below five hundred, right? 
something like that, or something like he's never. Yeah, I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but something season. like that. I think it's never a losing season, but yeah, he, he might have he might have his first losing season this yeah. year. Well, yeah. most likely will. But um, all right, so let's go to the next game. This is going to be another. This is a game where I think is very very questionable. The Cowboys head to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars, and Cowboys are only giving four points. Another fishy line. I would take this if the Cowboys are giving ten. I, I would have thought if if we did a segment where we guessed the lines of each game, I would have thought this would have at least been a touchdown, maybe six and a half. They, Vegas loves the Jaguars. I, I just don't get it. Like, okay. I mean, they are okay, like, I guess, but... Lawrence is hot. Lawrence is real hot. The Cowboys defense is higher. Are they, though? Like, they kind of fell apart last week. They definitely overlooked the Panthers. Was it the Panthers or the Texans? Texans. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm sorry. Texans. Yeah, but... Nonetheless, they they did overlook them, and I think that I, I don't really read into that too much because I think they overlooked that that game. So like, I don't know how I'm, I kind of take that game for like a grain of salt, but um, I'm gonna give the four points to the Cowboys all day. I think I would do the same. I think it's just like my play of the day too. That's just that's a lock. I I think I hate to say that, but I, I just like they cannot see the Cowboys losing this game. I, I kind of love the under this game too, under 47 and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see this game being, uh, you know, the Cowboys defense showing out and Trevor Lawrence, you know, kind of messing, getting, messing up with his flow, I guess you could say. Coming back down to earth as a second-year quarterback. Yeah. All right, next game. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs head to the, the Texans. They won 11-1 Texans. Chiefs are giving 14 and a half. Um, I don't need to say that the Chiefs are better. You don't need anyone to tell you that. 14 and a half is way too much, and the Chiefs hate covering as it is. I'm taking the Texans with 14 and a half and not even thinking about it twice. You're taking the Texans with 14? 100%. The Chiefs Sam hate, loves the Texans. The Chiefs hate covering even when they, it's like two or three. They're like the worst team at covering in the entire league over the past like three years. So 14 and a half is a lot. Can you, okay, you could take the Texans 14 and a half. You tell me who's starting for, starting for them at quarterback this week. Is it uh, legend Jeff Driscoll? I have not a clue. Just go vehicle. It's I it's. I think it's it's got to be Davis Mills. Maybe I'm not sure, but that who's team. who's low key a dog, by the way. He got benched for Kyle Allen, who left to go act. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes, Kyle Allen went to go try and have an acting career, and then came back, and now the backup to Davis Mills. God speaking to my cousin. Imagine, uh, imagine Kyle Allen on Game of Thrones. <laughs> Bobby, you giving the fourteen and a half here with the Chiefs? Yeah, I'll give the 14 and a half. You guys, you guys are nuts. You guys are nuts, I must say. That's a number. The Texans are the worst team in the league. Anyways, next game, Cardinals at the Broncos. This is another candidate for won't put on for a second game of the year. Denver Broncos, a minus one and a half. I think I like the Broncos here. <laughs> Not going to lie. Like, I, mean, I, I know it's one and a half and, like, they're home, but, like, Kyler Murray, like, I've Show, tell me a bigger backbreaking move than that on a team. Like I know they were done to begin with, but that was the they they took that knife and they turned it 360 when Kyler Murray got hurt. They yeah, gave up the best backup quarterback in the league. Yeah, uh, they do. True. Is Russell Wilson playing? No, he's not. He's out. He was. I, uh, I saw him like, Vegas at the, uh, the. Yes, he was at the table. He was, he was running up the tables per source. I'll get my people on that to confirm. But who's, who's their backup? Uh, that would be Brett Rippin, the Rippin vehicle. 
the ripping vehicle is a favorite. Wait, wait, ripping versus McCoy? Oh, what's the total? Game of the century. This is this is the game of the century. First of all, six and a half is the total. <laughs> let me let me say this. Uh, we say these picks right, and like this is just kind of our two cents. If you're actually betting this this game in any <laughs> fashion, seek help. No, seriously. No. No, it's not even seek help. You have insider information about something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This yeah. is like when, when on the K show and they do their picks and one of them picks this game, fishy. No, that it is like who I don't even like I think if you gave me a free bet to bet on this game, I'd rather just I'm good. not. Yeah. I'm good. I'd rather just out. not. Because I don't even want to watch it. There's not even like a dollar total that you could have me watch this game. Could you imagine being invested in this game? <laughs> As not a fan of either team? I mean, I, I feel like Denver, both uh, these fan bases are uh, are on eggshells. I think like this is like if you're a Broncos fan, how do you root for the Broncos? Seriously. Well, I mean, you have to because have to. it doesn't matter because they don't have draft picks. Oh yeah. yeah, you're stuck. Yeah, you gotta root for your 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 horrible team. Yeah, you know, you, there's nothing stuck. you can root for if you're a Denver fan. You're, you're truly stuck. Sorry. So, what's your guys' final consensus here? What are you guys giving here? I'm taking do I have the Broncos. To? Yes. Uh, it's in yeah, the contract box. Yeah. Read, the, read the fine print. Give me the Broncos, I guess. They have a good defense still, at least. Uh, I'll take the Cardinals and, and the alternate, alternate under of 19. Are you going to be, <laughs> Matt, will you be wearing your, uh, will you be wearing your Colt McCoy jersey or no? No, uh, I'll be wearing my Carson Palmer jersey. Awesome. That's a, that's a good one. That's glorious. <laughs> Next game, the page, this is actually the Bill Belichick Disciple Bowl. Uh, New England Patriots head to the Raiders, another kind of shit game. I guess the, the the Patriots are okay, but the Raiders are an embarrassment. Uh, Raiders are giving one point here. I like the Patriots here to win. I really, I really want to take the Raiders in this game, but there's not a single ounce in me that believes that McDaniels is going to beat uh, Belichick. There's actually I zero, zero. Belichick owns his disciples. Yeah. Be- before I give my pick, something that I somehow didn't know until recently that Patricia and Joe Judge are calling offensive plays for the Patriots this year. The brain trust. Giants legend. There's no, I cannot believe that. Those are two of the biggest yeah. failures of head coaches in the last 10 years. Yeah, whenever you see Mac Jones barking to the sideline, he's yelling at Matt Patricia. And here's, here's my conspiracy theory, ready? I think shit coaches seek out Bill Belichick because getting like that, you know, just the fact that, oh yeah, I worked with Bill Belichick kind of nope. like ups your value like but the thing is, Sam, is that they were Belichick guys before. I know, I know, but it's like they came back home. Like, you know when people move out and then, like, they realize it's too expensive <laughs> and then they come back home? They came back home and, like, Belichick's, like, coddling them now. But it, that that is ridiculous to me because Patricia's a defensive guy, right? And, and yeah. Judge is a special teams guy? That's what I thought. I always – that confused me when I saw Patricia was calling offense because I, I thought he was a defensive guy. But then they said he was calling offense. It's just just confusing situation. And, and Judge is a fucking special oh, teams guy. Oh. Special teams guy, please. Give, give give me the since I'm going full jet for this week. That is pretty asinine if you break it down like that. It is, what? That's I couldn't believe it. I was I, somebody mentioned it on the radio, and I, I I said, "Is this true?" I liked Patricia honestly when when like he was like in Patricia like the coaching, but but when he was in like that, there was like a big bubble of coaches that were being hired. I think a couple years ago. I like was like, hey, like I'll take Patricia on the jet coach. You know, I don't think it would ever oh, yeah, happen, yeah. but like, you know, went solid. I don't know. No, that was the case. That was the case. Yeah. Interviews. I believe that. That uh, we forgot about that guy. What's he up to? 
uh, not spending Christmas with his family. That's a given. Bobby, can you can you reach out to him for me, please? I'll have my people get in touch. Awesome. Next game. This is finally a good game. We've gone through some shit games here. So the Titans, the seven and six Titans, head to the seven and six Chargers. This is a huge game for like wild card reasons. Um, if you're a Giant fan, you're you're rooting for the Titans heavy here. Um, the Chargers are giving three. I think the Chargers have looked pretty pretty good of late. If you're um, a Giant fan. Yes, sorry, sorry. Giants rent free. Uh, but, well, honestly, not, not both of these teams are kind of on your tail. You kind of want to tie. Is the best thing at this game a tie? I think the best thing out of this game is the Chargers loss. Yeah, I would say that, though. Interesting. So, what's your guys' pick on this? The Chargers are giving three. I like the Titans. I'm going with Titans. I think. I don't, I don't like the Chargers at all, really. I think of the teams fighting for that final playoff spot in the AFC. I think the Chargers are easily the worst. They have no defense, and then they just rely on uh, Herbert and Eckler to get them through the tough times. Bobby's 100% right, but I'm going to go back with the theory of picking the better quarterback, and I'm going to take the Chargers. See, see now, Bobby, exactly what you just said about the Chargers is how I feel about the Titans. Like, I feel like they just try and skate through things with Derrick Henry. Yes, but I feel like it's more of like a uh, fleshed-out kind of thing at this point. Like, they design their entire team. Yeah. Forget about offense. Their whole team is based around that running game. Yeah, no, you're you're probably right. Um, so the you're giving. Gotta figure it out big time with, with a franchise quarterback like this. They. Have... I don't think Staley's the guy. I think he's a massive disappointment. Yeah. So now, do you see what's what's Herbert's contract like? Is he on your rookie deal still? Yeah, it's still a rookie contract. I is think he, he has is he a movable next year. Next year is year four. We'll give him the fifth year option. No, he's not. He's not at I all. Remember that being rumors last year. Like, why would you I'm never? Why would you trade a franchise? Okay, so what are we? What's our official picks here? I'm on the Chargers giving three, and what are you guys on? I'll take the Titans minus. And then next game, I think this is the game of the day, honestly, in my opinion. Oh, I just think that. Well, what's the game of the day to you? The Jets? No. The Commanders. I'm, Sunday. I mean, the yeah, Sunday I gave the Sunday night game. As far as implication, uh, like playoff implications go, that that game is going to be fun. Circling back real quick, while I was having technical difficulties, I think my sniff of the week personally is the Jaguars. Ooh, interesting. Ooh, so you're not? You think? See, I what I said. About I think that Jaguars. Thursday night game is going to be huge. That next next week, because the Jaguars could put themselves back in the hunt too. I didn't even think about that, but me and Sam were all over the Cowboys. I was all. I said I couldn't. I think Trevor Lawrence looks like a stud. I, I'm. Mm. Each passing week, I get more and more upset that the Jets beat the Rams out of you. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, I see him as like, he's like, he has the highest of the high and the lowest of the low. And I but think he's, that he's, he's so inconsistent. Yeah, but like, who's to be, who's going to be stunned when he throws four interceptions this week? Not a single soul. He'll be stunned, no. Um, all right, so let's get to this next game. The last of the 430 slate. The Bengals, the surging Bengals, nine and four now, very quietly I think, go against, go to Tampa and play Tom Brady, the six and seven Buccaneers. Bengals are giving three and a half. There's a there's a rule that I tend to follow. Brady is a dog, got to take him, but like it's it's this is a tough one here because I kind of love the Bengals. I'll take the young Tom Brady and give me Joe Burrow on the road. Wow, I like what you did there. Yep. So you're laying a three and a half with the hook. The three. Yep. 
I think the Bengals are one of the best teams in the NFL right now. I, I think I would agree. And they, I don't know if they get they get underlooked a little bit just because they're not far and away in the lead in their division because the Ravens have hung around. But I would take Joe Burrow, giving three and a half. I think they get a little underlooked because people don't accept Burrow into that upper echelon quarterback conversation. I think it's time to accept. I, I yeah, but like he, I don't know. I feel like. He's playing very well right now, but like I don't think you can overlook like he's had some some stinkers this year. I think like he hasn't early on like, in the year. Yeah, like maybe maybe that's just like, his thing. Yeah, he was he was he had what he had like an appendectomy or something in the offseason yeah. or something like that. So yeah, maybe that had to tie into it. But I agree with Matt. I, I'm all over the Bengals here. Um, as for the the Buccaneers, like I don't even think it's like a matter of them figuring it out. I just think they're just not good. Well, they're not. not they're not good, but what's scary is that, in all likelihood, they're going to get a home playoff game. And I said, <laughs> I said a couple weeks ago, just imagine Brady having to go to either the Giants or Washington in the first round, or hosting them, and yeah. then having to go and play, let's Minnesota. see, Minnesota or something. He could yeah. easily put himself back in the NFC Championship. It can easily happen. It's and it's always like the, the little. I know it's in the back of everyone's mind, and we know it as Jeff fans. Just the name Tom Brady, as long as it's there, it's scary. I think I, I, I still feel that way about him. You can't hurt me anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you say that until until the Jets, you know, miraculously play them down the road. Until the nine and the Jets play the the seven and ten <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah, and 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 then Bobby gets his heart ripped out. Good call there, Bob. All right, last game of the week. Monday night, an absolute barn burner. Packers head to the, I don't even know. Oh, Baker Mayfield. Yep. Baker, Baker Mayfield Bowl. in primetime. Let me say this. This is not, I mean, I might need a, like a give me a minute on this, but I, I don't feel like editing it in. But I'm just going to take a minute anyway. This like Baker, there it is. An, he's an anomaly. Let me put it this way. The fact that this guy has like a great attitude in college, like everyone loves him. He's on the cover of every barstool, you know, social media post, blah blah blah. Great attitude is strong. I mean, yeah. attitude meaning like you know his teammates love him. Okay. Like he's the guy you want to play with. That's that's okay. what I'm trying to say. Charisma. Charisma. He has charisma. Sure, that, that's a better way to put it. He's on every effing commercial. He's on, and he stinks. The guy stinks, and then he he falls into a, a great opportunity for him, I must say. I think it's a good spot for him to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the year on the Rams team. And then his second game, this guy finds himself in prime time again. He's like, it is crazy. The guy has a nose for the flashing lights. He just, like, he just everywhere. And he stinks. I think he's terrible. Like, do you, do you think he still lives in uh, the stadium in Cleveland? <laughs> I don't know. Is that like, that might have been in that contract. See, I don't know that. That's a huge part of the contract. Yes. So if he living there or not, what's your pick on this game? Packers are giving seven. Packers, believe it or not, are still in it. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it funny how like Brady and Rodgers just like lurk around all yeah. year round? Big time, yeah. But um, seven, it's a lot. It's a big number. Don't buy into it. Don't buy into the Baker Mayfield hype. No, I, I'm really not. I'm the Rams. Like Christian shit. Watson. I know you like Christian I'm, Watson. Except I'm on the buy in a fantasy league, but uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to talk myself off the minus seven, but I think I actually really like the minus seven. Bobby, Maybe you like, too? Yeah, I like the Packers this one. The Rams as a whole are just depleted. Wait, so now that Bobby, I like I like the Packers as well, but now that Bobby is on the uh, 
is on the Jaguars. I think this might be our first sweep. Did we agree wholly on anything else? Did we do the Giants? Was I not here for that? No, we're... You, we didn't do the Giants yet, okay. but I was going to leave that for last because we, Matt and I spoke about it earlier on, but Bobby, I want to hear your thoughts on this Giant game and what it means for just like, I mean, look, the Giants are, could they lose out? Are they really going to lose out? Is that going to be the, on our last pod, McFeely and I did the biggest collapses in NFL history. Yeah. They are going to find themselves on this list if they lose this game, and I really think that. I said the week prior to the first Washington Giant game that I didn't think that they, if they didn't win that game, which they tied, I didn't think that they were going to get a win the rest of the year, and I'm going to stick to that, and I'm taking Washington. With the points. With the points. Wow. I don't think the Giants are like, I don't think they have like, like I said, way early on in the season. I don't think they have like a foundation of anything. They have, outside of Saquon Barkley, they don't have a guy who can make a play. And now it's like half a Saquon Barkley. Yeah, now it's half, they drove him into the ground. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have your workhorse. You don't have any outside threat to speak of. Is Kenny Galladay even like playing at this point? Or is he just like dead? He, he must I don't be even playing. know. They're, I don't even know if he dresses. They're, no, they're so hurt. He, he must be playing. But three well, you would think the Giants on a no. podcast called a podcast about New York sports. But. Well, you, well, you would think. Well, let's let's get a little deeper into this game if we have time. Like the Giants are, they were. What did they start? Seven and one, or six and one? Was it? I think six and one, maybe. But so their last couple losses, they they get trounced by the Eagles last week, which I don't think was a shock to anyone. They tie the Commanders, which I think honestly, like adds a bit of an intrigue into this game like even extra like the fact that they like yeah because like, you know you can't split that series now it's just whoever wins this game gets it it's a true eight uh it's a true eight quarter affair <laughs> honestly mm-hmm. like they yeah. they need they it's like a it's like a game that goes into over, like they're in they're in penalty kicks right now honestly they they're, they're no no you know what they're in they're one of my favorite rule changes they're in three on three overtime in hockey Ugh. that's what they're in oh, bobby the hockey guy doesn't like it <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a way to spin this where, let, uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to be a proponent of the Giants winning. I like the Commanders as well. However, you can look at this and say the last couple Giants losses, Eagles are world beaters. They were never going to beat them. They tie the Commanders, which I think a lot of people would agree that they're pretty even with. Then they lose to the Cowboys, who are also unbelievable. And then they lose the Lions, going backwards. They lose to the Lions, who I think that was like the beginning of their surge. So like maybe they're just kind of caught a bad stretch here. Um, I, is there a way to spin this where you, the Giants, you know, are better than the the Commanders and win this game because you know they they truly were a six and one team at one point. The the way you spin this is quarterback play. Taylor Heineke's Heineke, a dog. Taylor Heineke is a lot like like Mike White in my opinion. I agree. I I I think that's a great comparison actually. They they do the basic things, but they do the basic things really good. Daniel Jones has upside to win this game on his own. He's got no receivers, but he's a playmaker. He's an absolute playmaker. And listen, I, I think that's overstated sometimes. I'm not, you know, no, not, not going to tell my hand here if I had to pick this game. First of all, I wouldn't pick it if I had to pick it, but I'm going to pick it because that's what we're doing. Contracted. <laughs> I, I that was take, some bars spinning right there. <laughs> I would take the Commanders. Uh, given the points, but if you, if you had to spin it the other way, I think it comes down to Daniel Jones and the quarterback club. So give me score predictions here. Well, I'm twenty twenty last time they played. Yeah, I go. Go ahead. I go twenty eight ten, Washington. Wow. Matt, 
I don't know, I could be a fraud and go against my pick right now, because I'm all New York sports today. But I think I like the Giants in a low-scoring game. 21-17. Taylor Heineke at the end of the game, driving down the win, it doesn't get it done. Giants keep their hopes alive. I See, I'm on the other side of that. Uh, this is it's a weak, kind of silly answer. Last time they played, 20-20. to 20. I don't think much has changed on either side of either of these teams. But Picking I think a tie? But no, 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 no. Not, I I, not that. <laughs> I'm not, I would quit my. I would quit every everything I do if I got that call right. <laughs> but what I'm what I'm going to say is, last time they played 2020, I think this time the Giants are going to go there, and I think they're going to play a good game again. But I think the Commanders being home gives them the advantage. So I'm going to take a cheeky 23-20 win by the Commanders, and I think they get that extra field goal to win the game. One more thing on this one. I think that you can't understate enough the fact that Seattle lost that game the other night to the 49ers. Because now both these teams, whoever loses this game is still alive. Like, completely alive. And and depending what the Jets do against the Giants, which is, or Jets against the Lions, which is earlier in the day. Yeah, that gets help too. Yeah. And real quick, looking ahead, I'm I'm looking at the line for next week. The, The Giants play the Vikings. Vikings are only a five-point favorite at home versus Vegas. Vegas. Hates the Vikings they hate right them. now. They hate it's the Jets too. It was like, crazy. The Vikings aren't ten and three good, but they're they're better than the they're better than. What the was Vikings. the line when they played the Lions? The Lions were favored, right? Yes, they were. I, I think the Vikings are like an eight and four team. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Like, I don't think they're seven and five because the Giants and, and Commanders are seven and five. The one win that I think they had that's a little fluky is the one in Buffalo. So, like, yeah. if anything, just take one away. But well, what about the Jets? Wild game. I don't think the Jets did them win that game. They played like half a game. Well, I agree too, but I think they they could have won that game. They, they definitely could have. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. You guys have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap it up? Let's go, Zach Wilson. Bobby, yeah. you echo. I echo his sentiments. Are you, are you going to the game tomorrow, Bob? Of course, I'll be oh, there. Nice. Mac, come on. You can't end with a stupid question. <laughs> I went to that game. Zach Wilson went 7 for 28 with four interceptions. Um, I'm not making it out of the stadium. Well, I was there when they lost in Buffalo with Fitzpatrick, so yes. I'm still here. Oh, yeah. Very, very well noted, Bobby. Guys, thank you for filling in. Uh, replacement Matt and, as always, Bobby. We call him Nostradamus sometimes. It's the same Matt, in case you haven't realized it voice-wise. But um, thank you guys again. Um, as always, all listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, enjoy a huge slate of football this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Electric. It's great. That's something that we didn't speak about, but I love it. Uh, I'm sure you guys do, too. Love it. Um, thank you guys for listening. Follow us on all our socials, and peace out. Go Jets.